0: If you're a Detroit sports fan, you're probably pretty happy with how yesterday went. Maybe a little down if you're a Milwaukee fan, although you're still going to be the number one seed going into the NBA playoffs. It is a sports fan on espn Tanner Hoops with you. Jake Durant from Local 3 TV is with me. Jake Durant. Both teams from our area made the NBA playoffs. They're going to play each other. Both Detroit teams, Tigers, Pistons, win yesterday. Pistons were in somewhat of a must-win situation. They could clinch a playoff berth. They did. They would have made it regardless because Charlotte lost. Uh, Milwaukee teams, though, Brewers swept by the Angels, who have suddenly figured things out, it seems like. Uh, Angels have now won six in a row. And the Brewers, uh, not the Brewers, the Bucks. Uh, we're playing in a meaningless game. Tim Frazier was our leading scorer. Rest some Ooh. players. To, exactly. Uh, so I don't think they're too broken up about it. They're still going into the postseason with an NBA best 60 wins and the number one seed. But I tell you what, now that we know the matchups, I'm hyped for the NBA playoffs.
1: Yeah, so am I. First of all, can, we, can the Pistons be any more just middle-of-the-road average <laughs> of a team? I mean, I think we both called this... Um, we figured, I mean, at least I, I think I said I figured they would get like an A seed, barely squeeze into the playoffs. I mean, they had waited to the last game of the regular season. Um, granted, they won the game pretty handily against the New York Knicks. Knicks. I know it's, You know, it's not really like it was a, a, a huge win or right. anything like that. But um, they finished 41-41. and 41. I mean, just barely snuck into the playoffs. They're going to be stuck in this position every single year with this roster that they currently have. If it's not going to be the A seed, they might sc- – move up to the seventh seed or just miss out on the playoffs i mean they got to do something and yeah it's cool that they made it in it's going to be nice to see them play against milwaukee but i mean if they get one win i think that'll be a success i think milwaukee is going to easily beat the pistons now blake might go off one game you know drummond might have 20 and 20 reggie jackson might pull it together Uh, i don't see them really giving milwaukee that tough of a test i think they might take one at home but i think milwaukee is going to win this one pretty handedly um, I'm really excited to see how this Milwaukee team does just because, you know, they got Antetokounmpo, arguably one of the top, I mean, I would say he's one of the top three players in the game, maybe top two um, next to LeBron and Anthony Davis, um, but, you know, they've kind of just been, you know, Milwaukee's a small market, they've just kind of been, granted they're the number one seed flying under the radar a little bit, you know, they, they just don't get a lot of hype around them, um, and it's just going to be interesting to see, I think they have... Um, aside from the Rockets the best shot at actually doing something against Golden State and to be honest with you I would love to see a Milwaukee Golden State finals I think that'd be pretty exciting to be huge for the Bucks. and you know both teams have a lot of depth and have a lot of star power and um, that would be pretty good I think it would be it'd be cool to see
0: this first series with Detroit is going to tell us a lot about how this Milwaukee team performs in the postseason and if they have that postseason mentality because you said that Detroit probably will get one and If they do, that's borderline really scary territory for Milwaukee. I mean, they need to make a statement early on. And if they can sweep Detroit, that would certainly do that. If they give up one, maybe certainly two games, that really looks bad as you get geared up for probably the Boston Celtics in the second round. Celtics are a four seed. The Houston Rockets are a four seed over in the Western Conference. Both of those are tough. I mean, those are two tough four seeds. I know Boston hasn't been what people thought they were going to be this year but there's still a good team who has the tougher draw in the second round potentially which top seed Milwaukee by getting we think Boston or Golden State having to get by Houston in the semis
1: you know it's 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 really hard I think I think Boston's been down a little bit there's you know some turmoil going on there there's not everything's not clean like it was last season last Mm -hmm. season um, obviously Kyrie wasn't playing but um, the Celtics were playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. You know, they had some motivation. They had um, Rozier and Smart coming in and, and stepping up because of, obviously, Irving going down. And I think they were playing a little bit looser. Jalen Brown was having huge games. Obviously, Tatum was there. I went to see Game 4, I think it was, last season, uh, between last postseason between Milwaukee and, and Boston. And uh, I think, you know, Tatum and, and Brown both dropped 30 points and things like that. So they were playing really well. I don't think that Boston team is there they have the same amount of talent and everything. I just think mentally they're just not the same team. If that makes sense. Um, so I would say, I would say Golden State has a little bit of a tougher draw just because that Houston team's so dangerous. Obviously with James Harden and Chris Paul and company. Um, do I think Golden State will lose to Houston? You know, if Houston doesn't beat Golden State this year, I don't know if they, they ever will. Yeah. You know, this might be their last shot at the throning uh, Golden State. I think that series might be a little bit closer, or it might be a little... It's so close. It's really hard for me to, to kind of pick. But I think it would be harder for Golden State to get past, past that Houston team.
0: I agree with a lot of what you said. Not quite 100. I mean, I agree with you, but not 100% for the same reasons. Um, Houston is a team that knows how to win in the postseason. You know, they've made some deep runs. You talk about Boston's mental state, and you're absolutely right. I mean, they mentally just haven't been there and played to their full potential this year. I'm, I'm not ready to say that's going to be what ends up being their downfall, why they can't get by the Bucs, because the Bucks, unlike Houston, they haven't really shown us anything in the postseason. It's been a long time since Milwaukee was a factor in the postseason, and that mentality, that postseason mentality is so different Uh, than winning in the regular season Milwaukee certainly showed that they can be a good regular season team but there have been way too many times where a team falters in the tournament because they don't know how to transition to a playoff mindset so until Milwaukee shows me they can win in the playoffs like Houston or Boston even has I'm not convinced that Boston can't win that series
1: right I mean they do have the talent definitely on the roster the Celtics do um, to, to beat Milwaukee obviously they showed it last year um, I do agree with you a little bit. You know they are a little bit inexperienced. Uh, you know they've prematurely been eliminated. Um, you know past couple of years, Antetokounmpo. Um, you know still doesn't have that that experience yet as well. And uh, we you gotta hope he takes over. And now they have the target on their back. So I do agree with you. Maybe um, the, the lack of experience could be a, kind of a chink in their armor a little bit. Um, but I just feel like you know th- this Milwaukee team is kind of on a mission. You know, I think they took that next step. I think, you know, they've been building this for so long. I just finally think like this is the time um, that they are gonna they are gonna come out and they are gonna show that they are one of the better teams in in the league. Like they've been shown all all regular season. I do have to agree with you. That obviously, postseason is a little bit different. Teams are coming at you a lot harder. Things are getting a little tight. Moments are a little bit bigger. But I think they have the pedigree. I think they have the players there. When you talk about the stars and then the role players, I think they have everything in place and the depth. To finally, you know, put everything together and, and get over that hump, and make it to the finals, I think I think Milwaukee's going to do it this year.
0: Just throwing it out there. Nine years ago, the Celtics were the four seed and did make the finals that year. Uh... They have
1: everything. They have all the ingredients. They have the stars. They have the point guard. You know, they have the big the the uh, bruises down low. Horford's a big factor. Yeah. They have the experience. They won a, a little bit last year as well. So um, if they did, it wouldn't surprise me. Two
0: straight years where the Eastern Conference sends the four seed to the finals. Of course, LeBron James is I mean, playing for the Celtic so. team, but I'm hoping so. Right, right. Uh, the Warriors, though, are going to have as tough a path as anybody to get to the postseason. That if I'm whoever wins the Eastern Conference, because there are four legit teams who can do it, and not be a surprise. I'm licking my chops because I think you said a few weeks on the show. Correct me if I'm wrong. That the Warriors were, you know if they come in at full strength if they run through the western conference playoffs you know they're probably going to win the whole thing the best advantage a team in the east would have is if golden state has to gruely grueling gruely gruel through the play is that a word uh they have to get through grueling series in the playoffs and they have a really really tough path in the western conference they get the clippers in the first round one of the toughest eight seeds. I don't know that they're capable of making a run, but they're about as formidable of a a spoiler the way that their team is built this year. The Rockets in the second round, which could potentially be for the conference finals, and then probably the Nuggets, I mean, there's not a series there that should go below six games, I wouldn't think. I mean, it's crazy to say the 1-8 matchup in the quarterfinals could go six games, but the Clippers are built to be that type of spoiler and the Warriors are not going to have any kind of a cakewalk through the Western Conference in any round.
1: Right, you know, and obviously with the Warriors, they're playing with house money, or not the Warriors, the Clippers um, playing with house money. They don't have really any pressure on them. And, you know, I did say a week, a, a few weeks ago, I think, um, you know, it's kind of like when you face the final boss of a video game. you got to mm-hmm. keep keep kind of chipping away. So if, if, say, the Clippers can take them to six or seven games, let's say, you know, they, they go through, a, like you said, a grueling uh, series, and they got to jump right into Houston. And, you know, I figure the Houston series, if I had to put my money on it, that's going to go seven games. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, coming off of that, you know, tired legs, things like that. Maybe you go and you face a Denver Nuggets team that showed, you know, they're pretty uh, formidable of a, an opponent, you know, by the time you get to the finals if you can get through that stretch you know and then you face a Milwaukee team maybe you know possibly a good chance who knows what could happen um i just it's it's hard for me to think that this golden state team you know just cuz we haven't seen it in so long can lose until i see it happen i just with all the shooters they have all the weapons they have the experience they have these guys know what it takes and i know that their, their regular season wasn't as prolific as past you know they've kind of had an up and down rocky road, but like you have all these all stars, and and once the pre, the postseason hits and they get focused and they're they're focused on a single goal and it's not just a a long regular season, I think they're going to be locked in and we're going to see that old Golden State team that that just knows how to shut shut it uh, close out games and shut down opponents. I just it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy for the Golden State uh, Warriors. They're going to play a lot of long series and play in a lot of big games, but it's just hard for me to see them lose.
0: You talk about teams and what kind of pressure they might be under, what mentally they might be going through. For the Warriors, you know, there's going to be some pressure on them because they are expected to be the NBA champions this summer. But it's kind of like their last call. You know, it's the last dance for them because there have been cracks in the armor coming into this year. People wondered if it's the end of the dynasty. And I I doubt that they're going to retain everybody from that core group. I mean certainly Kevin Durant's probably gonna be out the door. Clay Thompson might. They'll still be good. They'll still have Draymond and Steph for sure. Uh, And they'll, you know, have some pieces around them. But they won't be this dominant super team that is winning seventy something games a year and will be the perennial number one seed in the Western Conference. So it's almost like they're going out there knowing this is our last ride to be the true big dogs in the NBA. Conversely, on the other side, you've got two teams that completely went all in for a championship this season over in the Eastern Conference in Philadelphia and Toronto. How much pressure is on those two to try and win a championship this season? Because Toronto goes out and gets Kawhi, Philadelphia with Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler. They said from the beginning, we are going all in for a championship this year. How much pressure is on those two?
1: I would say for Toronto, I mean, if you just say they get upset in the. The first round. I mean, you can pretty much say goodbye to Kawhi. Yeah. You know, that's still fifty-fifty in my eyes. If he's going to sign back, and if you lose him, I mean, you're starting back from pretty much ground zero. Um, trying to build this thing up. I mean, they got a couple young guys coming up who are good. Um, well, so,
0: keep in mind they traded away Valanciunas, a really nice piece to get Gasol, who's not going to be there <laughs> very long.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I think it, it's 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 key for the Raptors to to make a. a good effort and a good run at a championship um this philly series that they they face the nets if, yeah, if I'm, I'm be tough. i mean I'm, that's one of my favorite teams in the playoffs right now mm-hmm. i like the i like the nets i like the way they play you know they're a scrappy team um got a lot of guys that aren't like superstar guys but a lot of guys that that know the game very all-around good players that play well together um led by d'angelo you know d'angelo russell a lot of outcasts on that team um, so that's going to be dangerous for a team like Philadelphia, who sh- has shown sometimes they struggle shooting the ball. So you know if you're facing a good defensive team in Brooklyn, that could that could be a challenge. But um, obviously these two teams expected to at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. So I there there is some pressure, but I think for Toronto, you know your future is kind of up in the air. You gotta you gotta show Kawhi that this team is. Is a team to be reckoned with that that he can make a long run because if you lose him, like I said, um, you're kind of starting over a little bit. That whole trade and everything and getting, getting him over is going to be for nothing basically. So I do think a little bit more pressure on the Raptors this this year. Um, you know, and like you said, there's four teams when you talk about the the Bucks, the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Raptors. I mean, it's kind of a it's a toss up. I think the Bucks are just a little bit higher, but the, your, those other three teams. I mean, it's it's a toss up when you talk about series.
0: Let me give you the matchups. Last thing before we go to break, if there's going to be any lower seed that beats a higher seed in this first round, who is it going to be? Who's the most vulnerable high seed? Here are the matchups: Western Conference, top seeded Warriors against the Clippers, the number eight seed, the fourth seeded Rockets and the fifth seeded Jazz, third seeded Portland and sixth seeded OKC, second seeded Denver against the seventh seeded Spurs.
1: I think I would have to go with Portland yep. losing to OKC. Okay. I, I, I like OKC. Obviously, they got um, Westbrook and Paul George. Uh, Steven Adams is there. Um, I'm just I've, I like Damian Lillard. I just never been like on board with the Portland Trailblazers. Right. Obviously, they're the three seed in the West, so they're doing something right. But I could see them going down to a team like OKC
0: and without Nurkic. Yep, that's a big, big one. Heart, yep, yeah. that's a big one. In the East, you have number one Milwaukee, number eight Detroit. Number four, Boston. Number five, Indiana. Number three, Philadelphia. Number six, Brooklyn. Number two, Toronto. Number seven, Orlando.
1: This one's a little bit yeah. tougher. Hmm.
0: And I don't know that we will have a lower seed win, but who's the most vulnerable of those higher seeds?
1: You know, if, if obviously if Indiana had Oladipo, Ola yeah. I'd be a little bit more prone to pick to pick them just because you know it's it's easier to pick the four and five seed just mm-hmm. because they're so close um so that could be one i, I like that brooklyn team man yeah, i'm I not saying they're gonna i'm not saying they're gonna do it but they might give they might give the 76ers and fits you know I'm, I'm high on the the brooklyn nets right now
0: jake durant from local three tv in the studio with us we owe you our first time out when we come back a major fashion statement dominated the nba headlines the other night we'll break it down next in the sports pan on espn up
1: Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. We continue to monitor the Masters. Tiger Woods, the big story coming into the weekend well, he's sitting eighty-first, so Ooh. it doesn't look like uh, Tiger's got it. It, it, high expectations coming into this tournament. Uh, Matt Kuchar is leading the way right now, uh, but Tiger, man, they thought you know this was, a course, he's done really well on in the past. Uh, he he works with the iron about as well as anybody, but his putting has been his downfall since he's tried to make his comeback. Uh, I do believe Tiger's got the capability to win another major. I don't know that he will, but, oh man, I mean, I don't like it how people say that, you know, he's not what he used to be, so he can't win another major. Well, I mean, Tiger was just dominant, like an unprecedented dominance, and I mean, of course he's not at that pinnacle bar. Very rarely will someone ever be, uh, but he's still got it. He's still got enough to win a championship, so... I don't know. We'll monitor it. We'll see if things get better for him over the weekend. I'm
1: a believer. I'm a believer in Tiger. <laughs> Obviously things aren't going great, but he seems like he's had a little bit of, you know, a positive trend going. I mean, he's been doing better. Yeah. Um will he win one? I don't I don't know. I'm I'm rooting for him. I think a lot of people are rooting for him, so um hopefully he can kind of get things together and, and at least finish in the top half. The
0: Detroit Tigers didn't do much better. They lose four nothing today. Cleveland goes back in front in the AL Central race early on. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you with us. Your daughter's like six years old, something like that, right? Yep. Does she pick out what she wears or do you?
1: You know, I do. I, I pick out things usually. I feel like I have a really good fashion sense when it comes to mm. um, her clothes. You know, I kind of like to make sure she's matching, she's looking good. But it seems like once she turned about six years old, um, she's starting to kind of question my my choices. So I will have, like, one or two things laid out prior to her going to school or something like that, and I think they're, like, good good choices, but for some reason, lately, she's just kind of been button heads with me and saying she doesn't want to wear that, and it's funny because, you know, I see her a lot on the weekends, and the first thing she does is she comes into her room, she goes to my house, comes into her room, and goes into her closet, and she starts going through all her clothes, and she always has stuff picks up, picked out, and lately, you know, she'll get to my house on, on a Saturday morning, <coughs> excuse me, and... And the first thing now she does is she goes and tries to pick out her stuff for school, and you know I feel like I have a good good fashion sense, like I said, when it comes to um, girls' clothing. So, um, but it seems like she just wants to disagree with me. I think it must just be her getting older. Um, parents, give me some advice here. Is it something I'm doing wrong? Um, but you know, she, she likes what she likes. She likes to wear a lot of like dresses these days and it's been winter. It's hard for me to mm-hmm. like tell her like, this is okay. This is like a summer dress. She doesn't understand that she want, just wants to wear dresses all the time. But I try to keep her looking, looking on point.
0: So she has more control over her wardrobe than Anthony Davis apparently does. Is <laughs> what you what you're telling me?
1: Right, right. Or at least she will at least you know see the clothes and and understand what they mean. <laughs> unlike I, what Anthony Davis said, I don't really know what he was saying. Obviously, with his shirt in the last game he played with oh, the Pelicans man, this season. How
0: petty is that? Anthony Davis uh, backstory. In case uh, you haven't heard, you don't know what we're talking about. Obviously, he uh, requested to be traded a few months ago from the Pelicans. He has one year left on his contract he probably will get traded this offseason likely to boston because they can put the best offer on the table uh the pelicans will likely trade him because he plays one more meaningless year and he walks and they get nothing back for him so everyone seemed to know it was his last game in a pelican uniform the other night he shows up at the game wearing a shirt that says that's all folks like you know porky pig in the at the end of looney tunes episodes so he shows up with this petty t-shirt. He says afterwards that he didn't mean anything by it. He didn't even mean to wear it. That somebody else picks out his clothes and lays them out the night before for him. He's a 25-year-old man, an NBA superstar. Uh, he can't pick out his own outfit. And even when, you know, if, if that's somehow true, which is just absurd, then he doesn't look at the shirt or the clothes? Is or he like tried forced? For yeah, yeah, could he
1: be like, no, this might send the wrong message. It wasn't even like that cool of a shirt. No. It was like a just a plain white shirt with, like, black lettering. Like, mm-hmm. like it was made for the fun. Like, it, this looked like, to me, like it was a planned thing. Yeah. And then when he started getting questioned by it, he kind of backtracked a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were saying maybe it, it has to do with Space Jam 2 coming out, and he might take part in it, and maybe that was the message that it was sending, um, which could be a good excuse if you want to make it an excuse. Mm-hmm. But in my eyes, this was a clear message. Yo, I'm over this. Like, this is it for me. I want to move on. I want to start a new chapter in my career, in my life. Um, but I, yeah, it was just weird how he said, you know, somebody picked on my clothes and and you know, it, it almost was like he was told, like he, you have to wear this. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can choose. You're you're an old, you're an adult. Um, you didn't really have to wear that. And, and I know he knew what kind of message message that would send. Yeah. You know, I feel like this was planned. I feel like he wanted to do this, and he just didn't want to own up to it.
0: What if his agent was the one who made him do it because he figures get the fans riled up at him it's kind of petty you know and the fans are going to be on the front office to make the trade happen quicker you know start life after davis what if this was all a stunt i don't know i'm just speculating
1: i mean the guy came out and said trade me basically i mean you can't get more upfront than that i feel like this was just a thing this was kind of a thing to kind of stir some stuff up like you said get attention it was all over social media all over the internet um, you know, obviously he's he's reiterating his point, like, hey, I don't want to be here and things like that. Um, and it was just a subtle jab once again at the Pelicans. Really in a weird situation with the Pelicans. Obviously he's under contract for one more year. You know, the Pelicans don't look like they're in complete rush to trade him. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, and like they said, the last practice it was kind of like a farewell practice. Like even the players were like, you know, they had just had that vibe, like this is it, you know, and things like that. But. Um, just a weird situation. Just It's just odd. I mean, obviously when he made that statement, like, he like trade me or whatever, he was expecting to get traded. He mm-hmm. didn't expect. So What just what a weird kind of just gray area he's been in since then, playing with a team. And it, it, would, it just seems like it's a very awkward, awkward situation.
0: By the way, you mentioned Space Jam 2, and there was a video that was going viral on Twitter. It was somewhat of a trailer. It's like a mock trailer that someone put together. And it was, you know, the monsters in the video game 2K. And the monsters basically stole talent from these players in the video game 2K. And it was story mode. And, uh, you know, you have your agents and everything in the story. And it's basically like a little movie. Uh, the Tall Blue Monster, I would think that would be somebody Anthony Davis could, you know, be a fit for. Instead, the Tall Blue Monster stole the talent of JaVale McGee. You have the entire NBA and guys over six eight, you know, just at your picking. And of all those guys, you pick Javale McGee's talent to steal?
1: I mean, it just goes to show me. There, there was a story. Listen, character. this is what I mean. You have to cast these spots right because yeah. you can't have if it's the Lakers, just the straight Lakers bench, mm. you know, playing these roles. Like, how can that? You're already behind the eight ball when you talk about trying to live up to Space Jam One, which you're not going to be able to do. Um, Granted, I I know LeBron. I I respect LeBron as an actor. You know, I think he's kind of funny Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. But if you got Javale McGee playing, I mean, who who cares? Like, he's not great. You know, I'd rather see guys like even if you bring in like a Dirk, who's now recently his schedule seemed to be opened up or something, and get some of those guys in. I mean, I would like to see like a Joel Embiid in there. You know, obviously, Antetokounmpo was saying, you know, I'm not really trying to. I'm not trying to be Hollywood or do yeah. something like that. I was, you got to get some guys with with some personality. I don't think Steph Curry is going to want to do it. I think there's kind of a rift where, um, I think they were talking about maybe Steph Curry playing the lead role because he resonates with the youth a little bit more and mm-hmm. things like that. But outside of LeBron, it's like who are you going to get? You know what I mean? But you know you're going to have to. You got to get some guys in here. You got to make guys.
0: this. Got to make the right choice regarding which players the Monstars are going to steal talent from because I am not going to be happy. I'll go see it. I'm not going to say I'm not going to watch it, but I will be super upset and a bunch of words I can't say on air if I'm watching a movie that stars JaVale McGee, Ron Baker, DJ Augustine as the as the Monstars. I mean, you got to get this right.
1: Exactly, exactly. I want to see guys like, like I think Russell Westbrook would be a, yeah. a guy, obviously that you can bring in there maybe blake wants to go back to la Mm -hmm. i know he's been obviously he was living there for a while and and doing commercials and he's pretty funny like i'm more looking at like the comedic type of guys that you know you could laugh at and not Mm -hmm. take too serious obviously it's not a serious movie um you know maybe blake griffin goes in there um andre drummond if you talk about you know guys uh local guys um like i said Javale mcgee russ westbrook i'm just trying to think of guys you know james harden would be funny i think to see uh, Chris Paul, maybe the Banana Boat You think crew. a lot of
0: guys who do commercials and have funny exactly. commercials you know, like Chris Paul as those, James it, it, Harden. Exactly,
1: guys who have expressed interest and in, in step outside the box and, and is, are interested. Like I said, Antetokounmpo said he wants nothing to do with it. He mm-hmm. wants to train and things like that. Um, he has different priorities, different you know uh, hobbies and things like that. But get some guys that have some past commercial experience that go out and, and want to step outside the box and, and kind of put themselves out there. And obviously you want guys with personality.
0: Kyrie Irving, he's an actor.
1: He's, Kyrie, him Kyrie and
0: LeBron made up.
1: Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving would be a guy that you'd think could go in there and, and just be really good at it. Um, you don't want guys who are like not obviously NBA players aren't, aren't actors, but you don't want like just terrible guys yeah, who are right. who are actors. You kind of you saw it a little bit in Space Jam One, but a lot of guys didn't have a lot of lines. Mm. You know, you, you keep the lines kind of tight. Don't make them act too hard and just and just be there.
0: Jake Durant from Local 3 TV in the studio with us. We owe you a timeout. When we come back, the Steelers drama continues to thicken. That plot, should we say, thickens. Plus, if you like hockey, this is a good time of the year for you. Frozen 4 drops the puck tonight. That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP.
1: Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app.
0: Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops Jake Durant with you Thursday afternoon. Here's your Sports Center update. The Sacramento Kings have fired head coach Dave Yeager after three seasons. The Kings finished ninth in the Western Conference at 39 and 43 this year. Sources say that Luke Walton, if available, would be the front runner for the Kings' job. The U.S. women's hockey team topped Japan 4-0 this morning in the women's World Quarterfinal round. Uh, they will continue on to the semis at tournament over in Finland. And finally. A Washington, D.C. man will be locked out of his iPad for nearly five decades, thanks to his three-year-old son. Uh, When the lock screen asked for the iPad's password, the toddler kept pressing buttons, which led to the password being entered so many times incorrectly that the iPad was disabled for 25,536,442 minutes or until the year 2068. So...
1: I had a similar thing happen not that long not i I was i wasn't locked out that long i went uh, uh, to los angeles uh probably about five years ago and it was the first day i was there and um this obviously the acquaintance i was with um her family lived out there and her younger brother got a hold of my phone and i was like trying to be nice i was like here you go you can play some games on my phone you know do your thing whatever and it so i wasn't paying attention at all and he brought it to me sometime later, and i was I was legitimately locked out for i don't even know I couldn't get in it was like for like a long time like he had hit the password like somehow the screen got locked up, and he just nailed the password yeah. like every i had to drive like the town over you know and get it reset and things like that it was just it was a mess it was like the first day I was out there i was like i went like two days without a phone it was just you know, it was it was interesting. Yeah. I I got connected with the with the real world for a little bit, not having not having the phone. But yeah, that's a long time. Can he get it reset though? Can't you get just bring it to a store and get it reset? I think he
0: might have. Uh I've tried following that story a little bit. I think somehow it got resolved. I don't know if he had to get a new iPad or what, but yeah, that one's not being used until twenty sixty-eight. Uh, I tell you what, stat of the day before we get into the Steelers and the Frozen Four. Last night, the Houston Astros completed a three-game sweep over the Yankees. It is the first time in team history that Astros swept a series from the Yankees. Can you believe that? As long well, as the Astros have been around,
1: never swept the Yankees until last night. Until last night? History being made? That's, that's, that's an insane stat, actually.
0: Putting Astros next to it, though, this is a Yankee team without Severino, Andujar, Hicks, Stanton. No they excuses. Are, they're a skeleton crew right now, but yeah. I'm not going to make excuses for the Yankees either. Uh, The Steelers' drama continues to get worse. Former running back Richard Mendenhall says today that quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is a racist. Like, if it's not one thing, it's another with this team. It is just a mess. And a year ago, they are about the pinnacle of consistency other than New England. They were a team that not only was playing consistent football every year, uh, they made a few runs, looked like they could even be a team that goes to the Super Bowl a few times. And now... Man, look what's happened to Man. them over the last year.
1: Talk, uh, up, talk about just a terrible, just terrible offseason for mm-hmm. for the Steelers. You didn't think it could get any worse, obviously, with the AB Juju Smith Schuster drama and mm-hmm. and just players coming out of the woodwork. Once one person starts saying, similar to what the Green, is happening recently with the Green Bay Packers, I don't think it's going to uh, extend as far as Pittsburgh's has or or anything like that. But you're talking about two franchises that seem like they were, had things pretty much uh, airtight. Things like that, but now you're starting to hear about this thing. And anytime you, th- you throw it the the racism word, um, things kind of get a little a little scary. But uh, a lot of veterans on this team are finally coming out and taking a stand. I I, I always point it back to social media and people seeking attention. You know, they want to stir some stuff up. You got guys coming out, you know, former players and things like that, who you kind of forget about coming out all of a sudden. Mendenhall yeah. comes out and throws this like random thing out there. Um, but then you start thinking, OK, you, you keep hearing it from so many players, you know, all these things bad about Big Ben. You know, there has to be something going on here, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's interesting to see. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers and the the the, the upper management definitely want the season to get going. I think um, the only thing that could really save them right now is just to get football started. And get the thing focused on on the sport and be winning. You know, winning, winning is the great. I do think sanitizer. I think Pittsburgh and I do think Green Bay are going to have some bounce back years. I really yeah. do. I think both of those teams, uh, with all this this drama and things going on, I think. They're gonna obviously. I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna come in motivated and talk about Green Bay under LeFleur, and he wants it to prove some stuff. Uh, Green Bay's been doing things a little bit differently this offseason, getting some pieces. I think their defense is gonna be revamped. I think Ben Roethlisberger, a lot of experts out there are saying he's the early front runner for the MVP, just because you know he's motivated. Finally, he finally has something that's gonna you know kind of push him to kind of get back there on top. He's kind of you know there's so many years where he thought he was gonna retire and he's still in the league. Um, but I think he's motivated. Juju Smith's motivated. I think that whole team is, is just motivated because of all the things that have been happening and all the doubt now. And then you still got the Cleveland Browns, who are now the you know the darling of the NFL and the hype team. I think Pittsburgh wants to show them like, hey, we are still the top dogs in this conference. So I do think and I think I said earlier um, a few weeks ago or something on the show. I, I think Pittsburgh is going to win that division. I still think they have the the, the pieces different pieces different names but still really strong players at skill positions.
0: It has been a terrible off season for them like you mentioned but it really started Week 17. I mean, the Le'Veon situation was bad, but that could have happened to any team. Once Antonio Brown decided to sit out essentially a playoff game, that's where things really started to come unhinged for them. Uh, Roethlisberger, I mean, he's always rubbed people the wrong way, and I want to get to that in a second. Uh, Kevin Colbert, general manager, says that Roethlisberger needs to be a tough leader for the 52 kids. I mean, they're grown men in the NFL. I don't call them 52 kids. And then even today, after what happened with Rashad Mendenhall, uh, Ramon Foster, one of the offensive linemen for that team, said via social media, "Stay off social media, you know." And I guess maybe he's doing it so that he can reach a large audience. I, I mean, I could, I could be convinced into that. But I mean, use group text or something that I'm sure they have a group check as a NFL team. But it's just the epitome of dysfunction. From an organization that had been all about consistency and maintaining a strong public image for years, that Rooney family has been uh, extremely consistent and professional. They've had, what, three head coaches in the last 60 years? It's always been about steady waters, steady, calm, easygoing waters, and not this tumultuous soap opera that we're seeing right now. And the latest wrinkle being what Rashad Mendenhall said about his former quarterback, which leads me to wonder is there any truth to that Uh, I'm not sure why this came out right now to be honest with you I I don't know why Mendenhall a guy who had a short stint in the NFL as a running back is going to come out and say this about Ben Roethlisberger I don't know what led to him saying that Uh, I don't think there's been accusations about Roethlisberger being a racist before uh, certainly he's not you know a model citizen he's I mean let's be honest if he wasn't to a talented football player he'd just kind of be a jerk you know but I think he's an equal opportunity jerk I, I don't think skin color matters to him based on what I know about him I think he's just kind of a tool bag you know he's just that kind of guy you know It, regardless of your color he's gonna be kind of a jerk to you and right. rub people the wrong way so I don't know if he's racist it wouldn't Totally surprise me if other players start saying the same thing. But until other players start saying the same thing, not just a running back maybe trying to get back in the limelight, I don't know that I'm really gonna take much stock in what what Rashad Mendenhall said.
1: No, and I agree with you. You can't you can't be what Mendenhall is saying if he is a racist. You can't be a leader of a football team and obviously when you talk about a football team there's a lot of different nationalities there you wouldn't be able to to go into a locker room every day if if people thought you were you were being a racist or were racist you know that's a strong word. I mean that's a very strong word for Menon Hall to be thrown out there. But it goes back, and and I always bring up the, the Packers. But it 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 goes back. I just think there's there's better players. I think there's players who you know maybe he said something to them with with his when he was you know with the Steelers to where. Um, you know, or maybe even maybe Roethlisberger, he said something to Mendenhall that made him kind of maybe believe that, when that's not the total honest truth. But I do agree with you. You know, he hasn't had the cleanest image to, throughout his career. You know, a lot of a lot of you know sketchy situations and things like that. Um, and, and like you said, he kind of rubs people the wrong way. But um, I just think it goes back to to just you know some some players obviously with their their relationships kind of kind of fell apart with certain players, and they're just trying to seek attention. Like I said. Um, let's not get it twisted. In every locker room, there's going to be drama. There's right. going to be fights that are happening and things like that. I just think now with social media, players are quick to jump on there and and start airing dirty laundry out on the internet. We had, hadn't really had to worry about that, you know, in, in the past. But now it just seems like with with the use of the internet and people wanting a, attention and things like that, it's really hard. Now you have people, you know, putting personal text yeah. on the internet and showing people those and it's like what's going on here so um i don't know if they need to implement a rule about like social media in the nfl i know that would be terrible there's gonna be a huge backlash uh, mm-hmm. from the players but i mean come on guys like let's let's be on, let's be real here like stay off the, the social media and, and and be adults and focus on it and, and take care of those things in-house mike
0: tomlin uh, made that rule and antonio brown deliberately broke it
1: he deliberately broke it you know, and and he said something ridiculous. Keep your emotions off the internet, and then he <laughs> legitimately tweets. His next tweet says emotion, and then goes off on a rant. Just against to, J. J. against Schuster, a former, a guy a who's never player. done anything to him, he he always been a nice protégé.
0: guy. Yeah, he was basically his junior, looked up to him, uh, reached out to him while he was still a college student, asking for advice how to get to the NFL and translate his game to the next level. And then he posts that on Instagram. He posts that message of a college kid asking a guy that he respected and learned from professionally for advice in an attempt to embarrass Juju. And I think that's where people really started turning on Antonio mm-hmm. Brown. He wasn't kind of this, you know, this jester-type guy anymore. Now he's just starting to look like a jerk. Right. Public and opinion is really shifting away from him.
1: Exactly, and, and for me, Juju Smith-Schuster is is kind of the, the example that younger players coming in should— should aim to be when Absolutely. you talk about you know he has a huge social media presence but he goes about it the right way you know he he has a youtube channel you know he's all over instagram snapchat and things like that i follow him on a lot of those accounts um he never once puts you know he's not going live in locker rooms he's not airing out laundry you know he's keeping the football thing separate from his social media life um and he's one of the younger players in the league and then you have antonio brown an adult you know my age going on and, and, and just going nuts, and he doesn't really know how to handle it. I mean, when you're talking about it, uh, an example that, you know, the NFL should use, especially when, you know, you can't hide the fact that social media is going to be a big part in players, you know, young players coming in, be like Juju, you know, you, you can have a social media presence, it can be a separate career. But kind of, you know, and and kind of keep the football a little bit out of it, you know. Kind of keep those things separate, and 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 keep whatever business the Steelers or the organization you're in, you know, keep that off the internet, and 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 you can still portray a good image. I mean, he has a really good image. He's a he's a really nice guy, a funny guy. You know, he's really just a relaxed, chill guy who never really had any drama until he was basically drug into this Antonio Brown thing. It's just it's insane. I don't know, AB. I feel like he has something else going on i have no idea what's wrong with this guy. i was a huge fan of ab yeah you know he went to he went to central michigan you know he was he was the underdog uh you know lived out of his car and and, and worked his way up with a 6 round draft pick and became one of the best through hard work and things like that but man he lost himself along the way it's really it's sad to see he really he's really burning some bridges man
0: last thing before we go to break With what happened this week, teammates outing each other and trying to embarrass each other, is this the worst week for the NFL in that regard since 2004 when Terrell Owens told people that Jeff Garcia was gay? And if social media was around back in the day, would Terrell Owens be worse than Antonio Brown?
1: Oh man, yeah, Owens would be way <laughs> worse. I mean, oh man, could you like him and Chad Johnson, yeah. Ocho Cinco, if mm-hmm. they had social media? I mean, a lot of past athletes say it, it has. You know, they say, man, if we had social media, it would be bad. You know, at least they're honest with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this has been the worst, the worst couple weeks here for the NFL. When you talk about social media, I think the NFL has to be looking into this and and trying to figure out ways of how they can. You know, not have this happen. I don't know if there's a way to regulate it, make rules, or anything like that. Um, I don't know if you can do that, mm-hmm. but um, you know, maybe you can start finding guys for you know tweets or something yeah. like that. You know, put a specific rules and and start finding guys. But yeah, I mean, if Owens was on, if Owens was playing, man, that would have been crazy. It would have been crazy.
0: Uh, Tanner who's Jake Durant, with you. We owe you a timeout. Hockey next in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show,
1: The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. We look to the ice as we wind down our show today because in about 13 minutes, they will drop the puck on the Frozen Four. Frozen Four in Buffalo this evening. We finished up college basketball season this week and we're going to finish up hockey this weekend. By the way, how'd you like the NCAA tournament? Pretty good finish.
1: Man, okay, so I picked Virginia last season to win the whole no, thing. Oh, no. And then I just kind of disregarded them all season. I mean, I, it was an interesting NCAA tournament. I like the fact that we had two new teams in the championship. Mm-hmm. But it was just it was it was just a weird tournament. It to was me. a weird tournament. You know, there was a lot of team. You know, there was a lot of parity this season. You didn't really get the Cinderella Cinderellas. You got like very good teams playing from bigger conferences. I guess you could say you didn't really have like an unknown mm-hmm. come through or anything. Um, but I, I, I just think the NCAA the championship game. It was a good game. Uh, don't get me wrong. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was a great game. But it just wasn't like. Like I remember it, you know what I mean. There were two teams. that were just like, oh, it's it's cool. Um, I think the best team won in that game. Um, Texas Tech had the game of several they times, um, and I actually picked Texas Tech to win it. Apparently, some guy had a bet uh, bet on Texas Tech in Vegas, like in November, put mm-hmm. fifteen hundred, and then he had if if Texas Tech would have won, he would have won three hundred thousand. Oh boy! And they did not win. I think he had a chance to take one seventy five. I think Des Bryant like threw up like I'll give you you know mm. one hundred seventy five now if you give me that the bet and he didn't do that so it's really bad on his part but overall I think it was a good tournament a lot of a lot of good players playing you know there was a few upsets obviously um, I, I wish Michigan would have went a little far, further but. Um, the first two rounds of my bracket were amazing. Yeah. And then I fell apart. Absolutely <laughs> fell apart. But it was a good tournament.
0: I had one shining moment stuck in my head for most of the week. You said last week on the show how Baby Shark gets stuck in your head so well. Uh, that one was doing it for me. I've had a bunch of songs stuck in my head this you week. You want to know
1: the one song that's been stuck in my head? Yeah. For, like, the past few days I can't get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. Lil Nas X. Um, uh, Old Town Road. Old Town yep. Road. I don't know if you've heard that song um, any of the, the, remix the listeners, Billy the, Ray Cyrus. the remix with Billy Ray it's Cyrus, who's coming though. up to the UP. Good. He's coming up to UP, the UP at the State Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, number one song in the country. It's a really catchy song. It is a
0: catchy song.
1: But, I mean, it's just been stuck in my head for so many days. It's almost, I think it's driving me a little bit insane, actually.
0: I think that one's starting to get stuck for me. It's replacing One Shining Moment. That one got replaced by Jolene, you know, the Dolly Parton song. For whatever reason, that was <laughs> stuck in my oh, head. Yeah. But not the original. The Miley Cyrus cover of it, weirdly enough. Oh, wow. So I've never heard that, actually. That's something. Uh, <laughs> tell you what, though, we've got hockey tonight dropping the puck in about 10 minutes now. First semifinal, Providence against the defending national champions from Minnesota, Duluth. The second overall seed, Denver and UMass will be the nightcap some really good storylines going into this one providence i love their goaltending uh hayden hockey appropriately named is one of the best in the country for a reason he's going up against hunter Shepard. i believe the two best goalies left in the tournament are going to play each other in the first semi-final and then compelling storyline in the back end of that you have kale mccarr the umass defenseman who Right now is the favorite to win the Hobie Baker Award, and we'll find out tomorrow night if he did. But he's one of the three finalists. Uh, very likely he's going to play Denver tonight, and then he's going to play in Denver next week when the college season is over, and he goes to play for the Colorado Avalanche. Wow. He is... He's very likely going to see a lot of Denver. Denver's going to see a lot of him. And then on the other side, uh, for the Pioneers, David Carl, the youngest coach in men's hockey at 29 years old. He is the youngest coach to bring his team to the Frozen Four since Jack Parker did it with Boston U back in 1970. How, how old is he? 29.
1: He's 29. He's 29. Wow. And he's coached a team to the Frozen Four. That makes Four. me just feel like I need to step up my game a little <laughs> bit. Good for him.
0: Uh, it's going to be a fun Frozen Four. I mean, I, I've enjoyed the tournament so far. It's it's a toss up because you could make a case for all four of these teams to come away with a championship. Yeah, that's why Saturday you, night
1: exactly. That's what you want. That's what you want. I, I think I think we're gonna see a repeat champion. I do too. I do. I'm so. picking Duluth. Duluth. They have the best defense. I think.
0: And they've and they've been here before. They've got the coaching. They've got the team that knows how to win in this situation. Mm-hmm. I think UMass has the best defense man, but. Duluth has the best defensive unit, unit overall, yeah. and it's a toss-up. It's really a coin flip between any of the teams. I wouldn't be shocked if any of the four. Maybe a little shocked if Providence did it. Maybe I would say they're probably the outlier. Mm-hmm. I just think Duluth is going to repeat. You know, they've been here before, and they know what it takes to win in this situation. You can't underestimate that.
1: I do too, and like you said, they have arguably the best goalie. You know, in the tournament. I mean, when you talk about having the best defensive unit, the best goalie. Um, they've been there before. I think they they allow less than two two goals a game on average, um, you know, like you said, experience is huge in college, and when you bring back guys who know what it takes and, and have been there before and, and, and have won and tasted tasted the, the taste of victory, I guess you can say, you know, it's hard to go against that. And then until they get knocked off, they've, they've shown they're, they're one of the better teams. I can't go against that.
0: I saw them win the national championship in person last Ooh. year. They beat Notre Dame. Ooh. I was, yep.
1: You're not having a good – man, Notre, what's up with Notre Dame, man? It, can I ask you that? You know, yep. these big moments, what is up with that? They That's get
0: cool. to the big moment and they mess the bed.
1: <laughs> not a shining moment. Not a shining moment not, shining moment. not one
0: shining moment. Tell you what, though. Uh, you want to talk about moments that aren't exactly shining. Uh, penguins last night losing overtime getting over to the nhl stanley cup playoffs Mm -hmm. penguins losing overtime wasn't as upset about that because the tampa bay lightning top overall seed in the nhl postseason blew a three nothing lead and lose to the columbus blue jackets last night four to three i'm happy about this because even though tampa was my pick to win the stanley cup this year i'm not in any bracket i have nothing on the line it will make the playoffs a lot more interesting if they get knocked out, if they don't win it, because they're far and away the favorite. I don't know who's on a tier after them that would be, you know, the team that's supposed to win it. I think it'd make the tournament a lot more fun if they exit early.
1: Right. I mean, I always think that, you know, if the top dogs get knocked early and you have teams that you weren't expecting in there, it always makes it more exciting. But I know what we were talking about if they don't win, if the Lightning don't pull it off this year, I think they, they've reached their kind of peak. You know, it's only down from here. They can't really get much better. I think uh, when you face a team like Columbus, you go up 3 nothing early. And I think when you talk about sports and, and trying to hold a lead, a lot of teams will become more passive and play not to lose the game. I think what hurt uh, the Lightning, I think they just they just kept trying to be aggressive and were making too many too many mistakes and, and letting uh, Columbus kind of get back into the game. I think they had like a breakaway goal to kind of start things off. And mm-hmm. then, then the pressure starts building a little bit. So... Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't really keep up with last night's games too much I was, I watched the Pistons game and I had some other work to do, but um, You know, it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, you know, there's a lot of parody here I, you know, your, your penguins losing in overtime you never count them out the, and the, right. they'll they're be all right. They're no going to be all right. They're going to be all right. It's it's hard for me to, you know, I did, I didn't fill out a bracket uh this season. Last year I ha- actually filled out an NHL bracket oh, for yeah. the first time and and I was pretty I was pretty on yeah. with my picks, man.
0: Did you have Washington win it?
1: Um I had Washington, I had I I had uh, the Knights in Washington going very far. I think I had Washington mm. losing mm. uh one series prior to the Stanley Cup finals, okay. but um for like a first time bracket I felt like I did pretty good. Didn't fill one out this year. Uh, I don't know. The wings aren't in it. You know, my I, I root for the Canucks for some odd okay. reason. Don't ask me why I have no connection to the Vancouver Canucks. Just growing up, I was okay. always a fan of them. But none of my teams are really in, in, in it. So it's like, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Well, there's room in the Penguins bandwagon. No. <laughs> Never. Ever, ever, ever.
0: I, uh, I'm convinced I'm the only one in the UP who owns a Crosby jersey because I hear it every time I go out wearing it.
1: I'm, I'm you know, that's brave of you to yeah. do up here, man. Hockey's hockey's life up here; I take it serious. Yeah, I
0: love that. Uh, don't want to deviate from hockey too much in the final minutes of the show. Uh, this is a developing story, though. It just happened a couple hours ago. Leonard Fournette has been arrested. Running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars was arrested for speeding. And driving with a suspended license, so he is currently booked in the Duval County Jail. The Jaguars are aware of the situation, and they are currently gathering more information. So, man, that's tough. A oh, guy man. that went through so much last year—that was uh, largely part of his own making—things just get worse for
1: him. Yeah, um, I'm really hoping it's not. You know, you see guys coming with so much talent, and they, they just things happen to them whether you said it'd be injuries but come on man don't speed first of all you shouldn't be driving with a suspended license. No. and you should be and then if you are do not spe- i'm not i'm not saying it's good to do it don't do it people out there but right. don't be speeding when you have a suspended license. like you're to get sp- yeah you're asking to get caught i'm sure he's in a car that not many people own and you know and i'm sure he's he's not going just five over the speed limit either i'm, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to you know stereotype anything but come on man Come on. It's not looking good for Leonard for Nate. When he's on the field, it's great. Yeah. But it's getting him on the field. It's, it's going to be the hard thing. And they need
0: him on the field. They yeah. were a completely different team without him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are going to need to continue to monitor that situation. Uh, Three NHL Stanley Cup games tonight. Maybe the most intriguing one, Toronto against Boston. That's always been a slugfest rivalry. That one gets going at seven. The Hurricanes back in the postseason for the first time in how long. They will take on the defending champs, Washington in our nation's capital. The Avalanche and the Flames to end the evening at 10. Uh they were talking about that matchup on the Dan Lebatard show earlier this afternoon. Stu Gatz referred to them as the Colorado Lanch. I don't know anyone who calls the Avalanche the Lanch. Uh
1: I've never heard never that.
0: heard it. No. I don't think Stu Gatz is a big hockey I don't I don't think so. Well <laughs> yeah.
1: look where he is. I mean He's you know. out in Miami. Um, that, that, yeah. I mean, Florida does have some hockey teams. They've
0: got the Panthers. The Panthers. But, I mean, come on. And they just made a great hire at head coach, though. They did get the Q stash down there. Uh, Stu Gatz is an Islanders fan, though, so he was watching them beat the Penguins in overtime. Oh, so,
1: year. I mean, at least you know, he has a team. He probably knows as much as I do. <laughs> the Lanch.
0: The the Lanch going up is the
1: that end. is that some, is, is that going to be something that, that people start the Lanch? I hope not. I hope the not. Lanch. Uh,
0: Calgary is the top overall seed in the Western Conference, but I don't think they're going to make the Stanley Cup Final. I think they'll make the Conference Final and lose. Ooh. I'm picking Winnipeg to go to the Stanley Cup Final. I'm picking Winnipeg and Tampa in the finals, and they both lost last night, so they're both down one game to
1: nothing. Hey, it's, it's, a, it's a long series. A hey, it's it's a long series. Obviously, Winnipeg, huh? Yep. They had a good they had a good run last year, if I remember yeah. correctly. They
0: started out so well this year, and then they kind of plateaued. Some other teams caught them and surpassed them. But I still think they've got the talent there. I think that they can make a run, and I think they have a favorable path based on uh, the matchups that they would need to get to the Stanley Cup. I think that it's set for Winnipeg that if there was going to be a year, this would be the year for them to win the West and get to the finals.
1: Yeah, I mean... I'm just going to throw a hot take. I like the Sharks, man. Yeah, okay. My That's squad. not that
0: hot of a take, I tell you what. Uh, <laughs>
1: For someone who, I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think, I think the Sharks might do it this well, year.
0: Well, they've got the group to do it in front of Martin Jones, and when you give him a clean crease, he's good. He's not going to steal you a whole lot of games, but he's a very capable goalie, and they've got the guys in front of him. They should be able to make a run.
1: Yeah, and I would love to see it, man. Uh, but I don't know. I'm just a fan. I, uh, maybe it's just the name. Never, never been out there. I've never <laughs> been into the city, but uh, yeah, the Sharks, man, why not?
0: That's it for us in the Sports Pen. Appreciate you. It's always, always good talking to you, and uh, we'll have you on again soon.
1: Yeah, man, always good to be here. And, uh, yeah, good. I hope the NBA playoffs go Pistons, and obviously um, it's a great time in sports with so the NHL playoffs as well, so looking forward to it.
0: Stanley Cup tonight. They're about to drop the puck on Providence and Duluth. We'll get out of here so we can get to that. Thanks for listening to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP.